Are you really connecting with a particular Book Interrupted member and want to hear more of what they have to say? With your free trial to Unpublished, you gain access to the Book Interrupted Inklings and real-life video content of our day-to-day -day challenges, thoughts, and opinions. Go to www.bookinterrupted.com backslash unpublished to start your free trial today. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. So I remember them both saying that it was really moving and it really influenced their life and it really was like a powerful book for them. You get a sense that they just accepted this life that was not a great life because they were supposed to. Teaching them a lesson just so I can play the piano. Like I don't want to have to put in all that emotional energy. I don't know if my ego can handle reading this book. <laughs> this conversation is literally giving me hives. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm getting itchy. I feel hot. <laughs> My body and soul. The inflammation is the more. Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from July 18th to August 28th. It's Lindsay's book pick, and we're reading Fun Home by Alison Bechtel. Alison Bechtel's best-selling graphic memoir charts her fraught relationship with her late father. Distance and exacting, he was an English teacher and the director of the town's funeral home which Allison and her family refer to as the fun home. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. The book-wise, I felt like I wanted more emotion from her. Even at the end, I wanted her more emotion from her and from what was happening. But then I also think it's the genre because the way that the graphic novel is, maybe there's graphic novels with more emotion, but I found I started to think about it more like a piece of poetry and some beautiful images. And for mm. me, that helped change my mindset. This wasn't, you know, I'm not reading a novel. I'm reading a different kind of art form. And so I started to get into the way, her rhythm of the way that she wrote. And the, I found it was very poetic and the literary references. And to me, it was more that kind of thinking when you're reading poetry than when you're reading a novel. I don't know. That helped. Mm get more right like, like in poetry more. every word needs to be important because it can be short right and so mm -hmm. like the graphic novel is kind of like that where the choice of words did anybody else feel like they haven't read any books when they read this book i was like i haven't um, read any of these books <laughs> i felt like <laughs> such a dumb dumb oh my yeah. goodness at one point i called leah and i was like i don't know if my ego can handle reading this book anymore because i'm because i'm such a dumb dumb <laughs> <laughs> That's part of it too. I already often default, like one of my characters in my mind of self-hatred is you're stupid. So I was like, oh God, I am I stupid. I don't know what this word means. <laughs> so many words. Yeah, and all the literary references. And <laughs> Not that that's true. That's not true. But it was very, 
oh man, I don't know what that word means either. Yeah. <laughs> there were so many words I had no clue. And at first I was like, okay, maybe I'll look them up. And I tagged them so we could play that game that Kim suggested, the balderdash or whatever. And then eventually I was like, I don't even care. I'm skipping all these words that I don't know. I'm just going to yeah. look at the picture. They're like, I get the gist of it. And make an assumption. Yeah, I got a, the yeah. gist of it. I'm moving on. I don't care if I don't know that word. There was too many. Oh, yeah. And all the literary references. And yeah. already at that point of the book, I was already thinking, I was kind of mad at her already. Because the way she was treating her family, I already thought she was kind of acting pretentious. And then all these words, I was like, I'm not even going to look that one up. I'm done with her. Oh, man. <laughs> Next one. We should play that balderdash. That would be so fun. Do you have any words off the top of your head, Sarah? Because I think that'd be just fun to do one. Oh, I forgot my book. I marked them all. There's no way to remember them. There was one word I okay. I just looked. Hold on. Do you have some, Lynn? Solipsistic. 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 Okay, let's go around mm-hmm. and take guesses. Unless you know what it means, and then you're not See, allowed to guess. I'm like, I don't know. So, say it again. Solipsistic. Do we get to hear the sentences then? Yeah. And my father's life was a solipsistic circle of self from autodidact to autocrat to autocide. And oh, then uh, please, please describe uh, all those words. All of yeah. the above. Okay. Solipsistic. He it, goes at things on his own. I don't know the answer. I should look it up. But I, just, oh, I don't um, know. I think it's that it's a term for a cycle. Something like a solar system cycle. Oh. I think uh, it means a cycle without meaning. That's a guess. Cycle oh, without meaning. Good one. Ooh, good one. Ooh she added. What do you think, one. Mayor? I like it. Or like orbiting around these three things. I like that idea with the solar system with Leah. Yeah, but, maybe orbiting. But right. maybe like okay. solar yeah. step. I have the answer from okay, Google. Something. Okay, let's hear it. Adjective of or characterized by solipsism or the theory that only the self exists or can be proved to exist. Oh, shoot. I sent you this definition on email. Her treatment philosophy dealt with madness as a complete self-contained solipsistic world that sane people are not able to enter. That's still, even the definition is, <laughs> I have to hey, read it. It's a philosophical like theory, right? That you're the only thing that exists and nothing else. You're the center of your own universe. Yeah, you're the center of the universe. Oh. Yes. Um, and yeah, and no one can penetrate it because it's in his mind, right? Got it. Saying, but yeah, have you ever thought, is reality reality or am I the only thing that exists and things happen because I believe that they're happening? You know, mm-hmm. it's that idea that nothing else exists except for your own consciousness and even wow. does that exist? Am I in like a coma? Everything's happening to me right now. It's just in my mind, you know? Like that Maybe. would be that kind of like idea. That like everything around you is created by your own self. Wow. Mm. Good word. See, that's why I like the poetry <laughs> bit. That's why I think, Leah, don't worry. I love words and I didn't know a lot of them. So don't. <laughs> and I always think of myself as smart. I know that's egotistical. I won't start the self-flogging just yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't worry. But that's what I think about like the poetry. Like when you're reading poetry, you have to stop and think about the words and think about the way that they flow and think about the way that they fit together to create this pieces of words. And that's where I kind of changed my mindset to making it more different for me to read or easier for me to read maybe right that was less about moving the plot along and more about experiencing the story together the words and the pictures yeah and how they fit that's an Um, interesting idea i like that 
I read a lot, you know, Lindsay loves words and has a great vocabulary. And I read a lot. And when she made all these references, I was like, man, there are so many books I've not read. (laughs) Right. So I think many people would have that experience unless they went to university for English lit or whatever (laughs) whatever it was that she went for. So I should have called the people that suggested this book to me. I didn't even think about it till now and asked them what about the book really they loved. Because I remember them both saying that it was really moving and it really influenced their life and it really was a powerful book for them. So I wonder, Hmm. because they studied it in school, so maybe there was more, maybe there's more to it when they're studying it that we're not picking up on. I was thinking maybe it's kind of like the Midnight Library though, like Seize the Day, because remember the dad said in it, and you get the same sense with the mom, that they just kind of accepted what life you know they moved back to the small town and they were living in europe and happy Uh, he was gay and married a woman because it wasn't really acceptable at that time in the 50s you get a sense that they just accepted this life that was not a great life because they were supposed to right there he was supposed to take over the family business and his wife was supposed to stay married to him even though he cheated on her all the time and he was not supposed to come out and all these things maybe the that's what I got from the book it's kind of like the Midnight library you don't have to choose a life that you're not really happy with you can make different choices and she made different choices than her parents did you know she even changed she didn't want to be English lit major so she just quit even though it helped her relationship with her father. So that's the part of the book I didn't like. Now I can understand because she's doing what makes her happy, right? She's choosing her own life, not what she thinks she should do. But like even with the barrette, like he kept on wanting her to put that barrette yeah. in her head. Like yeah. she just chose what, herself, you know, what's going to make her happy. So maybe that's really what the book's about is that her parents didn't have the courage to do it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah I like that. I don't know. This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book Interrupted. My interruption is I passed my certified sommelier exam. The Court of Master of Sommeliers Americas, quite the intense exam that involved a blind tasting of four wines, two whites and two reds, which you had to identify all the tasting profiles as well as the grape, the country of origin and age range description lots of other things, acid, alcohol, etc. Then right after that, you're going right into a theory exam, which is a test that has some short answer questions and multiple choice, etc. And then you take a bit of a break and then you have to do a service exam in which you are opening most often champagne, but not always, and something else and being asked questions by a master sommelier who sits there and pretends he's a guest at a kind of mock or fake restaurant. And it's pretty intense because you are getting these questions fired at you by somebody who you respect and you're trying to open wine or champagne and you're trying to pour it and you're trying to give them good service while you're also answering a bunch of kind of trivia quiz questions about different things like Madeira or some kind of fortified wines, different other things. I don't know. Anyways, it was, it was an intense day, but I passed 
and I'm so proud of myself. This has been uh, something that's been a bucket list thing, and although I do already work as a sommelier at a restaurant, I just felt like I really wanted to accomplish this, and I did. So that is my interruption. I'm really proud. Book interrupted. There's another part that I wanted to talk about. There's a part where she's talking about how she, that she was upset that her parents spent so much time on their creative pursuits. She says, their rapt immersion evokes a familiar resentment in me. It's childish perhaps to drudge them their sustenance of their creative solitude, but it's all that sustained them. And thus was all consuming. So she was upset that her parents spent so much on their creativity, their creative pursuits, rather than focusing on her or maybe her siblings as well. The resentment that grows there. And I wonder if part of that has to do with the whole idea of the nuclear family, because if you have a larger family that helps take care of kids, each adult can have their creative pursuits. Perhaps that was the only thing that was sustaining them because they're in this marriage that was kind of a sham, I guess. And they were living this unhappy life, like Sarah was saying, and not being their truth selves. But I wonder if that kind of resentment is more common when you have just like a small unit where children need lots of attention and want to be involved in a lot of things, but it's really hard to be creative if your child is helping you. Have you ever tried to play the piano with your child helping you? It's not relaxing. It's not fulfilling, right? Yeah. It's frustrating. It's not about your activity yes, of exactly. your creative self anymore. It's more about this compromised engagement. Interesting and honest to her of her to say, like, I resented them their creative pursuits because I wanted them instead. And it is childish, but maybe maybe that happens a lot. And maybe that's one of the reasons that so many people don't pursue, you know, their creative side, because they just don't have the time to split it, or they don't Mm -hmm. have conviction to decide, no, this is my time. And maybe part of the reason is because maybe their children also resent it. (laughs) You know, like if there's other people taking the kids away, maybe they don't want to give up 5am to do it. Yeah, you 4% fix that shit. Fix it. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they don't want to 4% fix it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, maybe I just want to play piano after dinner. I think I see what Meredith is saying, though, is if you do want to have a creative outlet, why does one have to choose a 4% fix to it? Is there something wrong with the system? Whereas previously, for thousands of years, the ratio was for every one child, there would be a minimum of four mature adults within their circle. Now, to your point, Meredith, we just don't have as many pockets of communities that help with the village raising of a kid. It's all on that one parent. So it does kind of feel like a horrible choice between, gosh, I feel like I can really thrive when I do my creative outlet and I'm noticing it comes at the cost of. But I guess what I'm curious about, Meredith, is I wonder would the parents have been, and I'm going to use the word self-indulgent, but I feel like that has connotations in it. Would the parents have been so self-indulgent in their creative outlets if they felt like on the other end of the spectrum if they had the life that they wanted. So on this side, if they have accepted, like what Sarah was saying, that I think this is just the lot in life, we're just going to accept, did that create the parents going hardcore into their creative outlets? And therefore, of course, the kids would feel a certain amount of resentment 
I wonder if the creative outlet would have been so strong and prominent in the parents if they had a life that they felt kind of okay about. Yeah, and I think that's what she's saying. She's like, it's the only thing that sustained them. So you know, yeah. yeah, her her mom was really great at acting because she put everything into it. She's like, I'm gonna nail this, <laughs> right? And it was kind of a form of escapism, right, for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so inevitably, yeah. I think and it makes dad, sense that the kids have books. resentment because of the parents' choices. You're choosing to stay in a life that might not be incredibly meaningful for you. And instead of making adjustments for it, you are using your creativity to feel connected to yourself, to have like rich meaning and purpose. And it comes at a great cost, those choices of not being as perhaps readily available for the kids. I don't know. And then we have to watch that of saying, what does that mean that people aren't going to do creative choices? Because, no, and that's, you know what I mean? Like, totally, the opposite. No, I know you don't mean that, but yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. for sure. I was just kind of like wondering out loud and thinking through mm. from the kid's perspective, perhaps does the resentment feel warranted in this case? It's Not just funny because as a parent, I see that resentment in my kids. They'll be doing playing something nice. I'm like, ooh, now it's my turn to go play the piano. And they come in, they're just so upset that I would do something for myself, you know? And they don't say that, but they act that, right? Try to be like, I'm going to play this and you need to leave it alone. But it's, it's exhausting to have to play the calm and like emotionally regulated for them teaching them a lesson just so I can play the piano. I don't want to have to put in all that emotional energy. Back in the day, I could just step up, play a little thing, and then walk away. You didn't have to have all this energy in order to be able to get that stress relief, right? Mm -hmm. From doing a creative project or have to hide somewhere or leave the house, right? Or get a babysitter or whatever it is. It was just so like on point that she's like, maybe it's childish. You're like, yeah, that is childish. I guess that is what kids see they're like look at me you know stop looking at yourself or whatever when you said that I thought you were originally I thought you meant in families when there were more kids sorry I think I misinterpreted because I see what your guys are saying that when there's a community with more adults but I was thinking you meant that which is also I think true when there's a lot of kids in a family they all take care of each other yeah and then the parents Mm -hmm. have the but then okay. I thought, well, maybe that means that Mare is trying to tell us something, that she's going to okay. have more kids. Is this the way to go? <laughs> yeah, no? I'm up to here right now with the two I have. It, it's been a hard couple months with my kids, oh. just because I've been busy, because I haven't been there, right? So it's just, that's how it is. If, you don't, if you're not there, then they, they, they pay for it, <laughs> you know? There's no free lunches. There's no free lunch. Yeah. I was just the loop about what Lindsay was saying, the multi-age children groups. I read that book that Meredith suggested, Hunt Gather Parent. And one of the things mm-hmm. they say is the multi-aged playgroups with multi-aged children playing together. It does not be your own mm-hmm. children. Other children in the neighborhood are different ages, that those kids are more able to teach and help your children. They teach smaller kids lessons by playing and they speak their language and they're fun and they're not angry and they're not trying to make them understand they're showing them right because kids can talk to kids easier so one of the things in the book they're saying it's really important to have multi-aged groups of children playing together and I find that here where I am here that's what we have every weekend we have a whole bunch of kids Mm -hmm. at our house and there's very little fighting 
and I'm actually able to do things for Book Interrupted while they're here. Mm. I just go to my office and do it because they're all playing together. And if a little one cries, an older one helps them. And it just, they're more regulated. So I think it's not just more adults, but more kids also helps. There's like a critical mass of kids, right? If you have one extra kid, no, no, no. Bring more. And more for ages. 13 to four is what we have. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Nice. I was younger. We used to have, we lived on a street that had... It was a dead end kind of at the end. It had a loop and then it was a dead end. And so we used to all, all the neighborhood kids would play on the streets. That's the same thing. Like I think I was probably one of the oldest, but we had kids from however old I was all the way down to little kids. And we would just run around the street and we do, I direct plays, of course we would, mm-hmm. or street mm-hmm. hockey, or we'd ride bikes, read whatever. And I think that that was great because all of us kind of learned I probably learned skills of how to be a leader then. And, you know, even though I was a kid and, you know, the younger kids learn from us and we learn from them. And so, you know, that was a lovely mm-hmm. way to grow up. Yeah. I even remember the emotional feeling of it. Um, mm-hmm. And then you would just always see like what she said, it was such a safe environment, all different age kids. And that was even extended like into your home. It was just always very inviting It wasn't like, I don't know, like, these are the rules. You knew that there were guidelines, but everyone, it felt like whenever I was there, everyone contributed towards, let's all work together here. Let's have some fun. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. How you had like all different kids, all ages. It was really, really nice. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of, I don't know if you remember Leah, when we were in Sudbury, when we lived on David street. That's like the one time in my past that I can remember that we had something similar to that. And to me, it's like magical. You just feel so a part of something. And yeah, it was like open door policies. If you're a kid, that was the criteria (laughs) to be able to play. Like there was nothing more than that. Are you a kid and do you want to have fun? Okay, great. Let's go. Yeah. And if you were at somebody else's house, you just don't oh, need to go to the bathroom. You just go into their house. You just you, go. You just go because it was yeah. all, or you're hungry yeah. and you're like, do you have a, can I have a snack? And they'd give yeah, you something and, you and you'd run and you off. Just go. Yeah. It, yeah. You're just yeah. cared for. Yeah. Your needs are met and you're still allowed to be wild and free within reason. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if that happens still in Canada. I'm sure it does in probably smaller communities. I don't think it probably happens know. as much in larger cities now. Maybe not. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I moved when the kids were pretty small. So, but the, when we were there, they weren't, it wasn't. Yeah. Like, like but they I were mean, three and five. So my oldest is going to be going to grade one next year. And likely mm-hmm. there's some of people her age would be allowed to go play somewhere with other parent and some won't. So mm-hmm. it depends on the families. Yeah. But our rule is that she can go to certain places, but she and her sister can come. They have to stay together, though. I was like, you come back without your sissy, you lose your freedom. You have to be together. You go together. If somebody decides to leave, you come back together. And if one of you wants to go back, I will walk you back. <laughs> but you have to be together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be nice to have a little tracker on them. I just put a necklace on them. You know where they are. <laughs> it all there are watches like yep, that. They made it. Okay. So you can buy those. That's the thing. There's like a watch for kids. I'm sure there is. Yeah. And just so they can kind of explore their safely explore without having to get them like a cell phone or something, you know? Yeah. 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 
Like those bag trackers, you know, that they're all talking about because travel is yeah. atrocious now and people keep losing their bags, especially in Toronto. Yeah. You put these like little bag trackers in and then it you can see, you can look on your phone where your bag is. So yeah. if you're traveling and they're like, oh, we lost your bag, you can be like, oh, I see my tracker and it's sitting in Pearson Airport. For, <laughs> really? So you can just put that in your kid's bag <laughs> and then they can. Yeah, B has something like that for everything. They're called, it's, the company's called Tile. You put these little tiles in everything. Because that works for him, unless he lets the tile battery run out, which also mm-hmm. happens sometimes. <laughs> Is he worried things are going to get stolen? Is that why? Or no, he oh. can't find things ever. Oh, he can't. He can't create habits around where things go. It's just not the way he's made. It's Laird is also like, like lose their yeah. keys. Just put something on your keychain, and then. Yeah, yeah. So he loses yeah. his keys, his phone, his wallet, all his bank cards, all the time. <laughs> Aren't they oh, in the wallet? Yeah, no, he no, takes them out. I don't, don't know why he does that. Back in. No, they don't That's make it funny. back in. I like that. Yeah. That's funny. Laird, it's glasses. I was like, I don't understand. Oh. We keep buying you glasses. And he's like, oh, maybe it was in the cab or maybe, I don't know. And a year later, we'll find it somewhere. And like, yeah, so I, he's the same thing. Yeah. Put it in his home. Yeah. We're going to make a home for it. When you're done, you put it. So he's Yeah, yeah, that's things. what I do. It's like, this is where the, the keys yeah. go in the key bowl. Yeah, no, he can't form a habit around that. Oh. He just, Laird's like, getting better. Could, I'm sure. I'm sure he would, but yeah. it doesn't seem to be happening. We have a keys bowl too, today even. Yeah, Matty had gone to the car to get something, and she brought the keys up to our room. I'm like, "What are you doing? We're gonna lose the keys." Key bowl. I was like, "Put them in the bowl downstairs." I was like appalled. <gasps> you went to the second floor yeah. with the car keys? Careful! My yeah. gosh! What are you doing? <laughs> This is too risky. Uh, that's good. Way too risky. Go stairs. We're going to lose them. B drives me nuts because he puts the remote in his pocket and then he'll like wander off somewhere. And uh, it's like, good. I go to watch TV and he's out or whatever. And it's like, there's the no remote. remote again. It's so <laughs> annoying. That's so funny. I, I hate that. it so much. Why would you put the remote in your pocket? You just click he it is, and put it just, down. He's not here, guys. He's on another plane. He is just, the ADHD is out of control and he's a dreamer. He's gone. Yeah. Does, he, he doesn't care how it would organize things. Everything has a spot. Probably like yeah, yeah, everything has yeah. a spot. So he doesn't care that I have to have put everything in a spot, but he he'll put everything back to my spot. He's like, it makes her yeah. happy if I put the keys there. It makes her happy if I put the remote in this drawer. Like, she, he does all those things. He, I don't think he would if he didn't, wasn't no. married to me. Actually, yeah. I know when we were first together and first living together when we were first married, he didn't. I'm like, this is the bowl for the keys. So if you could just yeah. put them in there. When you, you come will in be there, good. Like, you put a remote in, <laughs> in a drawer, like your TV yes. remote goes in a drawer. Yes. yes. Doesn't it just go on the table? Yeah. There. No, there's a drawer in the coffee table and our remotes go in the drawer in the coffee table. Always. Oh, I got to try that. Click them and then you put them in. <laughs> Close. No, no. This is a thing because mine go in a drawer too. Because we grew up in a house where the remote could be anywhere in the house. Anywhere. Upstairs, downstairs, bathrooms. Laundry machine. Dining rooms. Anywhere. And so, no, no, the remotes have a spot and mine don't always go in the drawer. They're either in the drawer or they might be on the arm of the couch just because we didn't put them in the drawer, but they have a place. If you're cleaning up, they go in the drawer. 
I love our mother, but our mother's B, Leah. Different spot every time. And that's probably why me and Mara like that. She's constantly losing keys, constantly Mm -hmm. losing her bank card, constantly losing her phone, her remote control. Like she's always like, oh, I don't know. And like, how do you not know? We just came in. And it's always like a surprise to them. Like, no, because you lose things. I don't know. This one feels different. (laughs) (laughs) That's just who you are. Oh, I got a good story. She was visiting and she lost one pair of her glasses. Now she has, she always has more than one pair because she often loses her glasses. But these are the ones she likes. And so we're, we looked high and low and everywhere. And I was like, well, like I'm coming to visit. So I find them, I'll bring them. And she's redoing her luggage and she finds her glasses. I could do not. Wrapped in the cord of her hairdryer. Because she packs frantically. So she's just like, da, 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 put the cord around. But she had picked up the hand dryer and her glasses at the same time and wrapped them together. Oh my. What a weird so her glasses spot. must have been underneath. They must have been underneath her hair dryer. Oh, yeah, and she yeah, just yeah, grabbed yeah. it and started wrapping yeah. without even any looking at what she's wrapping. She <laughs> so just anyway. goes on automatic, those happy hands. She's like, I found them. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I'm happy you found them, but your life is chaos and I couldn't live like that. (laughs) She's replaced credit cards and things because she's sure that they're stolen. I'm like, oh yeah, that's B2. It's like, somebody stole my credit card. Somebody stole my fishing license. (laughs) No, they didn't. No, no, they didn't. (laughs) Nobody wants your fishing license, bro. They can't use it. No, they didn't steal your fishing license. You lost your fishing license. I get crazy because I'm like... If you don't accept that maybe this is not your strong suit, you can never, that's the first step is acceptance. And then we can move forward into a new organized future. But he won't accept. It's always something happening to him. No, it sounds like every moment is a new moment. Every day is a new day. He was born yesterday. I don't think my mom wants a new organized future. She doesn't. Clearly, like, Brie doesn't either. No. Whenever we, <laughs> throughout the years, try to organize her, she's just not interested. She'll go along to, like, amuse us. She'll let us do the thing, and then... She will not keep it up. She'll just go back. How is the spice drawer? Laird made her a spice drawer. Does, I think she actually uses that. He labeled everything and stuff when she moved in, right? She does, but she buys new spices. Then she buys bags of things and puts them on top. Oh. And she just puts them on top. She doesn't fill the oh. containers. She doesn't put the back in the containers. She buys the new spices, does not fill the containers, and just puts them on top. So now when you open the drawer, there's like so many of these little bags <laughs> on top. When I was there, I filled them. But it's just like, what is all this? It's paprika and dill. And she's like, oh, um... That's my spice drawer. And I was like, it's just mayhem. I can see it was going to be organized. One. But it is way more organized than what she used to have, which was like a series of boxes filled with bags of spices. And then she went to see if she still had one before she went shopping. So she put another little box in the cupboards. Now it's still easier to find the spices, but I have like- There's no organizing her. Four spice drawers and everything's like in mason jars and have them alphabetical. And so you can like oh. find whatever spice you want, as much as you like. Your it. mother, Kara and Leah, also tried to organize her every time that she came on Sunday. Every she time. She would go into her drawers and organize them. And she'd be like, I don't know why Ruth always does that. And I'm like, everybody is trying to organize you. But she doesn't want to be organized. I can't nope. find this pot. So she reorganized your pot drawer. But now I can't find anything. You couldn't find anything before. Okay, but how about this? When you go to visit somebody and you're trying to help out, say you're doing the dishes or putting the dishes away, 
sometimes it's hard to know where people put things. Totally. Like, oh, where does this go? Where does this go? But but with my mom, it doesn't matter because she might put it in a different spot every time. So you just open up a thing and you can literally just be like, "Eh, it fits there. There's a spot. This conversation (laughs) is literally giving me hives. (laughs) (laughs) Like I'm getting itchy. I feel hot. (laughs) I hate the idea of that. No, I don't like it either. I like to know exactly where it is. Like I need this. It's in this place. I have a spot for things, but we built this kitchen and before we bought the cupboards, I planned what was going to be in each of the drawers in each of the cupboards. So I knew I had a spot for everything before yeah. I bought it and before I built it. So everything's got a spot. And so when people give me something that's a kitchen thing, oh no, most people be like, oh, this is great. I'd be like, oh, I have to reorganize my cupboards <laughs> to fit this thing. But people give you like cups or something. People are like, oh, you got a free mug. I'm like, but I have all the mug space is already taken up with the mugs I have. <laughs> so I have to take, decide which mugs leave to have a space for that one. Yeah. Oh, no, we're not like that at all. You should see. I know where things are, but it's organized chaos. If we get more mugs, we just shove them in with the other mugs or we find another place and just start shoving them. We probably have 50 (laughs) mugs in the house. You know, it's like two people, 50 mugs. It doesn't make any sense. But I'm sentimental about some mugs. Me too. That's how I feel too. It's like I can't edit mugs for some reason. Mm, yeah. Me too. Yeah. I'm like the organized chaos, like Schweitz. It's not to the extreme. Like I know general vicinity where it's going to be, but it just find a spot. This is generally where cups or mugs go. So good luck. Just get it in there. Get Sometimes you have to shut the door yeah. fast, you know? Oh my God. <laughs> Playing a little game of... No, that makes me crazy. Shut the door fast. <laughs> totally. And then Leah will come over in the summer because we'll do babysitting swapping. It's so rude. She's always so apologetic. She'll try for like the morning not to do any organizing or cleaning at my place. And then finally she's like, I can't go to her house. I can't. I just have to do it. And then she's like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, I love yeah. this. This is rude. Oh, I go love it. House and clean their house. Yeah. Is rude. Come over next week too, buddy. They have to. No, I love it so much. That's well, funny. good, because I feel like while I'm doing stop, you can stop. Play with the children, Leah. Play with the children. No. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel, Book Interrupted. You can also find our videos on www.bookinterrupted.com. Can't get enough of the Book Interrupted crew? There's a YouTube channel for that. You guessed it. Book Interrupted YouTube channel has a bunch of extra footage to explore. You can see behind the scenes of making a Book Interrupted or just listen to one of our playlists. You can also find all episodes, sneak peeks, and silly videos featuring the Book Interrupted members. If you like what you see, give us a like and subscribe so we can stay connected and share more. Book Interrupted YouTube channel, filling the void between episodes. Moments you can look forward to on next week's Book interrupted. What are, what do we call it? Feminine hygiene products? Is I don't like right? that word. Like, yeah, what word do we use? Cause it felt even so weird. We're not dirty. Is there any book that was referenced in it that you're like, oh yeah, maybe I should read that book. Cause there's like 70 something books. I do love romance. That's why I always listen to love songs and stuff. It would make me. So I wrote her a letter. Now she probably won't want to come on the podcast because. You know. oh, geez, that was harsh. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. I'll shut the f- up now.
Book interrupted. Never forget, every child matters.